Hi, this is Ron Paul. I am a former congressman, physician, and presidential candidate. The world is in turmoil. Things like Ebola, earthquakes, wars, and famines are commonplace. As Americans, we are largely sheltered from these events. However, in parts of the world, just having enough food is a huge problem. For some of us, there is the nagging thought that we may not always have it so good. So we keep some food on hand just in case. My family and I have found a product that helps us do this better. It's a home freeze dryer from Harvest Right. With it, we eat healthier and store a little more food. We freeze dry everything we love to eat, and it lasts up to 25 years. Who knows what the future will bring? One thing's certain, my family and I will always have food on the table. To learn more, go to HarvestRight.com or call 800-763-5999. That's HarvestRight.com or 800-763-5999. Attention patriots. Tired of the tyranny and crime in the sanctuary cities? Flee the city and seek refuge in the American Redoubt. FleeTheCity.com. Move to the freedom of Idaho, Montana, or Wyoming. FleeTheCity.com. FleeTheCity.com. Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2. For more information about the project, as well as lyric to the songs on this CD, please visit www.tightrope.cc. You can also find jokes news articles, a photo gallery, free CD downloads, and a secure online shopping cart. We carry a full line of flags, t-shirts, CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people. Please visit www.tightrope.cc. My brothers, my sisters, I bring you a message of solidarity. A call to action and a demand for adherence to duty of an Aryan resurgence and ultimately total Aryan victory. We have broken the chains of Jewish thought. We know not the meaning of the word mine, it is ours. Our race, the totality of our people. Ten hearts, one beat. One hundred hearts, one beat. 10,000 hearts, one beat. We are born to fight and to die and to continue the flow, the flow of our people. Onward we will go, onward to the stars, high above the mud, the mud of yellow, black, and brown. So kinsman, duty calls. The future is now. If months from now you have not yet fully committed yourself to the alliance, then you have an effect not only betrayed your race, You have betrayed yourself. So stand up like men and drive the enemy into the sea. Stand up like men and swear a sacred oath upon the green graves of our sires that you will reclaim what our forefathers discovered, explored, conquered, settled, built, and died for. Stand up like men and reclaim our soil. Kinsmen, arise. Look towards the stars and proclaim our destiny. Defeat never, victory forever.
You're listening to Resolution Radio. 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 ResolutionRDO.com. Welcome to American Dissident Voices. I'm Kevin Alfred Strom. I have a sentimental attachment to certain places where I used to live and where significant events in my life happened. And I sometimes read news sources and blogs from those areas just to see how they're faring in this ever more corrupted Jewish world. One such place is Anchorage, Alaska, where I was born and spent part of my childhood. Yesterday, I was reading the Anchorage Daily News, and my attention strayed to an editorial of theirs about a national story they were covering, Elon Musk's recent feud with the crime-linked Jewish pressure group, the Anti-Defamation League, or ADL, headed by purple gang mobster lookalike Jonathan Greenblatt. By the way, the Anchorage Daily News, after its founding and a long history of ownership by white families, is now majority-owned by a company headed by Alice Rubenstein, who is married to Bloomberg Television's David Rubenstein, a well-sinecured East Coast Jew. So much for content produced by real local Alaskans with no system connections or control. The Anchorage Daily News editorial about Musk wasn't even written by anyone on their staff or even anyone who lives in Alaska. It was just a reprint of what a Jewish reporter, Zach Beauchamp, had written for Vox, a Jewish media conglomerate headquartered in Washington and New York City, headed by Pam Wasserstein and Jim Bankoff. Beauchamp's online bio tells us that, quote, his pretty wife converted to Judaism, close quote, to marry him in a ceremony, quote, that was officiated by Rabbi Max Chaikin, close quote. Beauchamp's officially listed job duties as senior reporter for Vox include, quote, coverage based on the rise of the populist right, close quote, and, quote, how fringe ideologies shape the mainstream, close quote, and, quote, the role of identity in American politics, close quote a near-perfect example of the Jewish Livestock Manager Media Division. This editorial and its background really is typical of the drivel that most readers, even in heavily white redoubts like Alaska or Western Pennsylvania, are consuming these days. No wonder our people are deceived and confused. Let's get to it. Quote, For the past several days, Elon Musk has been engaging in a very strange feud with a leading Jewish anti-hate group. In a series of posts on X, the site formerly known as Twitter, 
Musk repeatedly blamed the Anti-Defamation League, ADL, for a 60% decline in the site's revenue, alleging a coordinated effort by the group, which monitors extremism, to push advertisers away from Twitter after Musk purchased it last year. In recent months, Musk has repeatedly engaged with anti-Semitic accounts on his site and even flirted with outright anti-Semitism in his own statements. His specific false criticisms of the ADL, that a high-profile Jewish group is primarily responsible for Twitter X's business problems, evoke a long history of anti-Semites using Jews as scapegoats. His allegations have also kicked off a Twitter X hashtag, ban the ADL, eagerly seized by anti-Semites. The irony here is not, as Musk would have it, that a group called the Anti-Defamation League is engaging in defamation. It's that in attacking the ADL for accusing him of promoting anti-Semitism, Musk is actually validating their critiques. Close quote. Musk's ironic point stands. Defamation is almost the entire purpose of the ADL, and has been since its very beginnings, when it was founded to hound and destroy anyone who told the truth about the Jewish sex killer, Leo Max Frank, who abused and murdered a 13-year-old white girl who worked at his sweatshop. Back to the editorial, quote, which raises the question of whether something darker is going on here. Is Elon Musk anti-Semitic? That's the wrong question. Elon Musk is drawn to conspiracy theories. That much is obvious from the past decade of his public behavior. Close quote. I like that darker part, Zach. So original. The Jews whose organizations have engaged in Real criminal conspiracies, so numerous and so stupendous that it would be the work of a lifetime just to catalog them, quite understandably work very hard to convince us that conspiracy theory is a synonym for falsehood. But it's not. Conspiracy theory is a neutral term. There are innumerable conspiracies in this world. Conspiracies to gain love or money or fame or power. Conspiracies that are illegal, those that are not, and those that should be. They're everywhere. While some conspiracy theories are untrue and unfounded, and yet others are fakes inserted into the national consciousness by hostile intelligence agencies, there remain many such theories that are perfectly true. And I am dead certain that Jews know this. Especially Jews who live in Conspiracy Central, the running sore on the Potomac, as Zach Beauchamp does. His editorial continues, quote, The problem, however, is that the modern enterprise of conspiracy theorizing is intimately bound up with anti-Semitism. Time and again, conspiracy theorists end up positing Jews or some famous Jew as the villain in their Baroque stories. 
This is because, in historical terms, anti-Semitism has always been a conspiracy theory. In fact, anti-Semitism created the tradition of conspiracy theorizing in the modern Western world. This is the crucial thing to understand about anti-Semitism. It is both bigotry and an explanatory framework. Jews aren't just detestable people in the anti-Semitic mind. They are the force responsible for all that is bad in the world. While the exact contours of these conspiracies changed over history, blaming the Jews for the world's ills, from war to famine to pandemic, became a persistent feature of the European social environment. Morphing with the times to explain whatever plagued the continent at the moment. The conspiratorial tradition in the West is so intimately bound up with anti-Semitism that it returns to that well again and again. Close quote. Well, if the same people who created 99% of the world's great inventions, scientific discoveries, and works of art, and who created science itself, for God's sake, European people, are also precisely the people whose social environment returns again and again to a view of Jews as malevolent and destructive, then maybe, just maybe, we should seriously and soberly consider the hypothesis that Jews, taken as a group and especially in their organized form, are actually malevolent and destructive. Back to the piece, quote, Which brings us back to Elon Musk. When Musk blames the ADL for Twitter's ad revenue problem, He's not merely making a false claim about his business. He's positing that a Jewish organization has tremendous behind-the-scenes power and is using it to hurt him specifically. Whether he intends them or not, there are undeniable resonances with classical anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, and that's a large part of what separates Musk's comments from legitimate criticisms of the ADL. Close quote. Zach well knows that something as tenuous and subjective and impossible to define as resonances don't make a thing untrue, especially when the thing they're resonating with is itself quite true, which Zach also knows. But when you get right down to it, lying is his job. And he is pretty good at it. Subtle move there, Zach. But I am sure that millions of us whites, who've never even ridden in a turnip truck, have seen plenty of evidence that the ADL does in fact have tremendous behind-the-scenes power. Remember when they threatened the entire country of Iceland with U.S.-led retaliation if they didn't repeal their anti-circumcision law there and repeal it quickly? That's behind-the-scenes power. Back to the piece, quote, Similarly, when Musk claims George Soros hates humanity and compares him to the Jewish supervillain Magneto, 
He's not merely criticizing Soros. He's casting the Jewish philanthropist as a monster, using his money to undermine the foundations of humanity itself. Comments that tap into the myriad anti-Semitic conspiracies floating around about Soros and his actions. When the billionaire claims that he harbors no personal animus toward Jews, it's entirely possible he's telling the truth. But anti-Semitism, much like racism, isn't just about personal animus. It's also about what you say and do relating to the group and the effects that has on its standing in social life. Put differently, whether or not Elon Musk is an anti-Semite is immaterial. What matters is that his actions are making anti-Semitic ideas and habits of thought more acceptable on his social media site and among his legions of devoted fans. Close quote. That's the end of the editorial. I didn't quote all of it. Zach Baby is very repetitive and thinks his white audience really benefits from his saying the same thing over and over again, which, when you come to think of it, is the whole basis of Zach Baby's career. White man bad? Aware and conscious white man even worse? Jew-aware white man, the very incarnation of evil. And there are more than 10,000 Zack babies out there in the media with, strangely enough, the exact same point of view on these issues, whether they present themselves as progressive or conservative, whose job it is to gatekeep every single thing you see and hear on your big and little telescreens and spy phones. The power dynamics are very interesting here. Elon Musk, who rates as the richest or one of the richest men in the world, has far more money than the ADL, many orders of magnitude more. Somehow or other, the Jewish Rothschild banking family always gets left off of these rating lists, but that's a subject for another time. And we usually think that in this capital-driven society, more money means more freedom of action, more real power. But it's not so. Musk has more of what some crudely describe as F.U. money than almost anyone you can think of. Yet, he has to be very, very careful what he says, what opinions he dares to express, and he must hedge his criticisms of groups like the ADL with sugary denials that he loves Jews as a group and doesn't have an anti-Semitic bone in his body. Like Beauchamp tells us, that even might be true. But coming up hard against the real power of organized Jewry can stimulate a few nerves, and some of those nerves are in the brain. 
I discount the claims that Musk is a Jew. But even if he did have some more or less remote Jewish ancestry, it wouldn't necessarily mean that he doesn't lean toward free-ish speech or that his feud with organized Jewry isn't real. I remember the half-Jewish general manager of WEAM, where I worked from 1977 to 1984, Stan Karras, who became so enraged when the ADL visited him to tell him that he should stop carrying Liberty Lobby's radio program, that he kicked them out of his office and expanded the airing of the Liberty Lobby show to twice what it had been before, including a highly desirable drive time slot, and gave them a live interview to promote the show, too. From that day forward, he usually referred to the ADL not by its official name, but simply as those sons of bitches, and we all knew exactly to whom he was referring. But even the personal possession of 200 or 300 billion dollars and control of corporations worth many times that amount does not give Elon Musk more power than the comparatively minuscule ADL. Why? Because Jewish power is paramount in our society. Because Jews worked for 150 years or so to make it that way. And that power is near absolute when it comes to one, the creation of money and control of financial institutions meaning that the ADL budget and real estate holdings are nothing compared to the near-infinite capital of the elite whose thought policemen and thugs they are, and who at all times stand behind them. And two, the control of the mass media of news and entertainment, the ability of which to destroy businesses, reputations, and politicians overnight ensures that their power over the political and business establishments in this country approaches the status of ownership. Add to that the economic power of some 150 million rubes or so who have been marinated in Jewish-run media their entire lives and who jump to the sacred chosen people's tune, whether they know it or not. And you can see why. The world's richest man has to be almost as careful of what he says as we all used to be before we discovered the National Alliance. I think that Elon Musk's feud with the ADL is real. I also think that Elon Musk has a lot to lose and may end up having to make up and play nice with Greenblatt and his ilk just to avoid losing more tens of billions than they have caused him to lose already. I also think there's more than a possibility 
that Musk has been reading some white dissidents, and that my own 2015 open letter to him may have been a factor in that. And in that case, he's probably reading National Vanguard right now. The truth is very powerful in some people's minds, and I suspect that men who design rockets are just such men. I also believe that his own social media company, X, is honeycombed with agents, many of them Jewish, who are more loyal to the ADL and the massive forces behind the ADL than they are to their nominal employer, Elon Musk. So he's hedged in on every front. But I would be delighted and history would remember his courage forever if Musk did go all in and make total war on the Jewish tyrants who have taken our nations and our freedom from us. Either way, the boundaries of discourse and thought are changing for Americans in a good way. Zach Beauchamp, hack writer and liar though he is, had a good point when he said, quote, It's also about what you say and do relating to the group and the effects that has on its standing in social life. Close quote. Let's work together to make the standing of the parasites exactly zero in our social life. Let's work together so that Beauchamp and Greenblatt will be the ones forced to play nice and leave our sons and daughters alone and relocate to their housing project in Palestine or wherever if that doesn't work out. That's justice. That's fair. That's good. That's what nature and nature's God demand of us. Until next week, this is Kevin Alfred Strom reminding you of the words of Richard Berkeley Cotton. Freedom is not free. Free men are not equal, and equal men are not free.
You're listening to Resolution Radio, Radio, Radio. ResolutionRDO.com In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the public health service at the time. And by 1950, the U.S. government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now at InfoWarsStore.com. Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, the American Freedom Party, dot U.S. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Antelope Hill is proud to announce the release of a new translation, Leon de Grel in Exile, by Jose Luis Jerez Reisco. Readers of The Burning Souls will already be familiar with de Grel's life before and during the Second World War, his service on the Eastern Front, and his involuntary post-war exile in Franco, Spain. This new work tells the story of his life in exile in detail, replete with first-hand accounts from Spanish nationalists and friends of de Grel. During his time in Spain, de Grel did not wallow in sadness, 
despite the atrocities inflicted upon him and his family by the victorious Allied powers. He stayed remarkably active in European nationalist politics and left a lasting impression on both his personal friends and those from around the European world who took inspiration from his tenacious idealism. De Grel's enduring legacy in Spain is well-deserved. Such a legacy also deserves to be spread to both sides of the Atlantic and beyond. Antelope Hill is proud to be the first to bring this unparalleled biography to the English reader. Get Leon de Grel in exile today at antelopehillpublishing.com. Yeah.